1: sun is out again Uh, the winds have died down a little bit after very very windy weather looks like big snow is coming in starting uh, overnight sunday into monday continuing monday night into tuesday that'll have an impact on outdoor activities and joining us now steve carney steve carney com. steve how you been
2: Uh, a little depressed steve i'm uh sorry to hear about the snow coming in again this really has been the winter from hell I mean it just keeps going and (laughs) we had a blizzard up here in lakes country here yesterday that was just unbelievable Uh, zero visibility roads were bad so yes the winter continues
1: yeah and uh, by the looks of it we're going to get another cold spell on the back side of this so uh, no mild weather in sight and yeah, it's fishing season winding down uh, here at this point to get to the end of February, and it's uh, time to think spring.
2: Yeah, the walleyes close next weekend uh, on the inland. They're certainly open up in Lake of the Woods uh, till April. But, yeah, we're starting to think about open water, and I've been spending a lot of my time trying to find components to put my 2022 boat together and it's been a real tough deal. I mean, you can't find anything. It's kind of like, you know, this same supply chain problem is, you know, is happening in the marine business. And uh, right now everybody's trying to find electronics to put on their boats. This is kind of the time of the year when people are starting to rig their boats and re-rig their boats. And uh, with electronics, it's tough. It's uh, There's a few choices out there. And it's funny, it's like the retailers will get three or four units and then they're gone and they don't get anything for a while and then they get a few more and it's just been this you know same um, situation but um, I'm kind of a fan of the older electronics maybe two three four years old and I think they work just fine you know a lot of anglers think if they spend a ton of money the more they spend the better they're going to be on the water and that's not really true Um, a lot of electronics out there have a lot of bells and whistles on it that are fine. If you're technical and you know what you're doing, they can be helpful, but all you really need to know is you need two things. You need a good chart plotter and a good graph. And a good graph will show fish, it'll show bait fish, it'll show hard bottom, soft bottom, and that's basically what you need. And you can get by with older technology just fine and spend four or five hundred dollars instead of three thousand and you know, it's all about head knowledge. You and I have talked about that a lot. You know, time on the water, and that's really what it's about, wisdom. But, again, there's so many choices out there. There's side imaging and live scope and, and um, down scanning and so many things out there that are very technical. And, you know, if you're a technical person, that's great. But you really want to just kind of start with the basics. And once you learn the basics, that's really, really all you need.
1: Yeah, and Steve, you've brought this up for years that there's a lot of equipment and people don't take time to read the manual before they go out on the water. And as we you know, move closer, we're going to have more and more tips about getting ready for open water season. You you, you really got to get all the gear and, and especially understand new equipment like these electronics that going out there and fooling around on the water is, is not the time to open up the manual.
2: No, you're right, Stephen. You know, one of my hobbies is to kind of quiz people at accesses, and since I'm on the water almost every day, I'll go up and talk to them, and I'll say, hey, what do you think about your unit, um, and, you know, how, how does it work for you? And I'll tell you, about 70% of them go, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, the, again, they don't read the manual, they don't take advantage of Uh, how amazing um, technology is in fish finders and graphs and chart plotters and a lot of people don't know how to work the trail feature which is very very important to get to your destination and to be able to get back and it's really a safety thing but it's just amazing how people just don't spend the time to learn exactly you know what they have in their boat it just it just takes a little bit of time to figure it out but it's just, you know, I don't think guys read manuals, Steve. I think that's kind of the problem.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't. It, it is amazing. Uh, you, but uh, there, there's certain things you have to if you're going to put together IKEA furniture. You better open up the manual, and and that <laughs> that, that that's true with with with, with electronics for, for angling. Hey, Steve, I I know it gets into that time of year, and, and people are chomping at the bit for open water, and I know. It's about the time of, year, time of year you turn your attention to the Missouri River. Now, it's still early. The weather isn't going to be great, but that'll change.
2: Well, you know, Steve, the fishing actually has just started out on the Missouri River already um, just a few days ago. But what I'm really happy about is, you know, we have a ton of snow, which is really, really going to help our water levels. As you know, the water levels throughout Minnesota have been really hurting and so low And at least in lakes country, northern Minnesota, we have so much snow that this is going to really raise the the water levels, and I think that's great. And I know in the Dakotas they hardly have any snow at all. That's why the river is opening up early. So I'm just trying to scramble to get my boat ready and get the components I need and get ready to hit the water here, hopefully in the next two or three weeks, which is very typical. So um, we'll just have to see how the weather plays out this week. I know it's going to be cold and um, yeah it 's Mother Nature just is not giving us a break
1: yeah, and by the way, big snow, if you have a hard house, you may want to go grab that before the big snows come and and get that work done because it looks like it 's going to move in Sunday night and snow Monday, Monday night even into Tuesday before this thing winds down, so uh it 's going to be really tough and to to get get that stuff taken care of.
2: You know, what's funny, Steve, is I may need to get an extension for my extension (laughs) on my auger. We have so much ice. It's uh, just amazing, probably 30 inches of ice now. And we're continuing to make ice because we've had so many cold temperatures every day in a row. So this has been quite the winter, man, I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, Steve, take care. Good to visit with you. We'll do it in a week.
2: Hey, sounds great, Steve. Have a great one.
1: There he is, Steve Carney of com, and he's been joining us for years here on the weekend, sometimes Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. But uh, right now he joins us following the news and weather at 4 o'clock, sports schedules permitting, of course. Uh, when we come back, girls hockey getting ready for their state tournament next week. A uh, One section final in class say today, and I think that was postponed from Friday due to the weather uh, all the uh, double-A teams are in, including Maple Grove. Head coach Jim Coltis uh, from the Crimson will join us in a moment here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Girls State Hockey next week in St. Paul XL Energy Center. 1A on Wednesday, 2A on Thursday. One section final to be decided In Section 6A, River Lakes against Fergus Falls. That one just underway at the Runestone Community Center. I think that's in Alexandria. And uh, once again, that is uh, underway. That is the lone game. And then it's all set for the state tournament next week. Some thrilling games on Friday night. Uh, Three section finals on Friday night. In two AA at Braymar, Minnetonka beat Holy Family in overtime, three to two. Skippers to the state tournament. Edina beat Benilde-St. Margaret's at parade in Section Six AA, four to one. The defending state champs, Edina, back in the state tournament. And then in Section Five AA at Roseville, Maple Grove beat Centennial Spring Lake Park, four to two. And Crimson head coach Jim Coltus joins us on the line. And Jim, congrats to you and the team uh, on a big win on Friday night.
3: No, I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you got a two-zero lead after once uh, Centennial Spring Lake Park battled back to tie it at two, and then on to the third period, and your team was able to get a couple of goals and win it four to two.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the kids, kids did a really good job, and Centennial played a really good game that evening <clears throat> as well. You know, it was uh, like you said, we were up two nothing. Uh, After the first period, we were feeling pretty good. And actually, we played a pretty good second period um, as well. And Centennial ended up getting a couple goals, a couple miscues from us. And then in the third period there, um, you know, we just kind of dug in deep a little bit. And uh, Ella Olson found one there uh, for our third goal. And then um, Stella Retrum picked up a power play goal really late and kind of sealed it for us.
1: Yeah, Ella Olson two goals on the night, including the game winner, as you pointed out. And there's nothing like these section finals jim i mean uh talk to coaches no matter what the sport uh, the players there, there's so much on the line to have a chance to get to a state tournament
3: oh yeah there is there there's, there's a lot on the line and you know the in the crowd the crowd last night at roseville was fantastic i mean loud on both sides i mean there's a good student section from centennial a uh, good student section from us at maple grove and and then just the people that had to just kind of come out, the casual uh, watchers and then the parents and families. It was it was loud and lots of fun. And you, and, you know, you can feel the tension in there a little bit. And our kids did an awesome job.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Jim, what about you? How how, how did you handle it? You, you've been coaching uh, softball at Maple Grove for a long time. You've been coaching hockey for a long time. As a coach, how do you handle that?
3: Well, you know, you just kind of try to – just put the game, you know, just try to break it down that you're just watching the game at the time and try not to get too wrapped up into it and try not to get too overly excited so you can kinda of keep on what you what you want to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um and you know, and try to get the um communication out to the kids and things like that. But it like I said, you can feel it too when you're when you're going and the kids are getting amped up, you're getting amped up and you gotta kinda of back yourself off a little bit.
1: Yeah, quite a year for your team. Uh, not only winning a section title and going to state, but uh, playing a top-notch schedule and and being able to get to the twenty-win mark. That isn't easy when you play a schedule like you did.
3: No, and you know we were really fortunate that we had a we had a, a super competitive schedule this year. We saw all the top teams. You know, we did see Andover twice. Saw uh, Edina unfortunately we came up on the losing end of both uh, those three games with those teams but we played really well and then you know along the way we had Gentry, Holy Family, um, Northfield you know you name it we we played Rogers Centennial and I think all those really tough games um, really prepared us for what we were trying to do and that was get to the state tournament.
1: Yeah and you had one at the end of the year over at Aldrich uh, you fell to the Pioneers three to two but you know, playing games like that against, and, and Hill Murray fell in a section final to Gentry, another team you played earlier this year, and you had a chance to beat Gentry 3-1. to one. I mean, you know, you're you're going to get good teams in conference. You mentioned Andover and, and some others, and Centennial Spring Lake Park, certainly a good team. You saw them in the section final, but, you know, going up against other good schools along the way, and, and all the top programs do it
3: yeah it yeah then I mean it just helps us i mean that's why we play a tough schedule, i mean, even looking at our schedule for next season, it's kind of built out the same way um you know playing tough top teams, we don't we had to admit a talk and you dine on our regular season schedule next year, not just um in the uh, tournaments and not um and not just you know maybe catch them in the playoffs or whatever but yeah it the, just the tougher the schedules, and even though we do a softball as well. Um, the as competitive schedules are being put together. It's just going to prepare the kids because, you know, you're, at some point if you want, if your goals are to get to the state tournament, you've got to play the top teams and see what you can do. And uh, like a friend of mine told me, a friend, a coach, a friend of mine told me, once in a while you've got to beat those teams just so your kids know they can do it, and that just gives you more confidence.
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask you, Jim, I, I've been uh, checking the high school league website for, for the pairings. One of
3: those going to be complete? When's that going to be out? Uh tomorrow morning um at okay. nine thirty. So they moved it they moved it for both A and double A to nine thirty tomorrow morning from today because there was that one game that still had to complete and they wanted to everybody to be on the same uh, playing field.
1: And that that's that one eight game I mentioned, uh uh and and we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Uh one A in section final, I think that was moved to today uh due to bad weather. They had blizzard conditions up I ninety four to the North Dakota line and yep. beyond and and i suppose jim in your seat you can kind of sit and say okay where where do we fit into all of this uh seating wise you got to figure and over uh unbeaten they're going to be the number one then he dine a you know flip a coin two three how do you see it going beyond that or you, you just have no idea
3: yeah you know we kind of feel like we're right in that four or five seed right in there somewhere okay. we kind of feel it's kind of between us and and Gentry and Burnsville are kind of all kind of in that in that grouping right there, so um, you know that's, we think that 's about where we 're going to fall, uh, like I said we've played a tough schedule we' beat a lot of teams that are in the tournament we've played a lot of the top teams that were in the section finals, so we think we 've got a good enough case uh, from the uh, for the coaches to look at and probably get us in that four or five area
1: yeah and we'll we 'll see how it plays out tomorrow morning and then uh, the state tournament um, i I visited with uh, one of your fellow coaches last night Melissa Volk, they won their section uh, head coach at Andover, and about getting the kids ready for the state tournament and kind of setting up the schedule and i, I would assume you'd try to maintain as much routine as you can before you head for St paul
3: oh yeah, absolutely actually we put the I put the final touches on the ice schedule this morning a little bit, and you know we just we booked for what we're doing on on Monday tuesday and wednesday and then we'll see what we got to do on thursday if we have the four or five seat we'll probably skate a little bit before we head down there if we're in the uh draw and we'll have to play at 11 or one o'clock so we'll find out for sure i guess on that and then but yeah we are really just trying to keep the kids doing the same same things that we normally do we got pretty much the same ice times we'll go a little bit earlier tomorrow since it's president's day we'll skate at about 10 o'clock and and get that done and get a few touches on what we want to do. But, yeah, really, we just want to keep it the same routine. I mean, they already know that it's different than it than it normally is that we're playing in the state tournament. Um, but if you can keep some routine to it and, and keep it as normal as possible, it really helps. Yeah, and
1: uh, if you do get that four or five game, that's a late start on Thursday night in St. Paul. Uh, does it matter whether you play at 11 a.m. or in the night cap?
3: <clears throat> well... Only in that, you know, playing at, the, playing at 8 o'clock at night would mean we had a drawn game and we're not catching and diner in attack at a start.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jim, good to visit with you. Congrats to the Maple Grove Crimson on a fine season and a berth in the state tournament. I know it's a big thrill. And, uh, and on the flip side, you've got to feel, you know, for the coaches and the kids on the other side. And, you know, there's got to be a winner and loser, and I know that's tough as well, getting to that section final and not getting it
3: done. Well, you know, and, and and the thing too with sports is there's just such a finality to it. I mean, it yes. just, I mean, you know, it just ends, and 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 it's tough. But you know, I think you know, all of us know it going in when we're playing sports and things. That I mean, that's just the way it is, and that's part of the reason that what is the you know draw to sports for all of us is you know there is a winner and there is a loser and there is you know know the the opportunity that it is is going to be the final just that fast, but also when you do succeed, it's just the the exuberance you get with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Jim, good to visit with you as always. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Steve. All right, there he is, Jim Coltus Maple Grove Girls head coach, and they are in the state tournament, and as uh, you you learn they've they've moved that seating to tomorrow for both tournaments, so we'll understand. Uh, and and we'll get more on this a little bit later on. David Levake's gonna join us who covers high school sports. Uh the the hockey guy over at the Star Tribune is gonna join us at about five thirty five today. Uh, you you would think, and this is rankings, but Andover unbeaten have to be the number one. Then are they going to go Edina 2 or Minnetonka 2? The other team would probably be the 3, and then you get into the 4 or 5. And, uh, you know, I tend to agree with Jim. Maple Grove would slot into that 4 or 5. And then uh, beyond that, uh, there would be the random draw. But the tournament does start at 11 a.m., and, That would be the number two seed against a random draw. Then the number three in the 1 o'clock game against a random draw. Uh, The number one seed, uh, I'd be shocked if it isn't the Andover Huskies, and they would play at 6 o'clock against a random draw, then the 4-5 game in the nightcap. And that uh, same scenario holds true over in 1A. And uh, big congrats to all the teams that got through in 1A. As we mentioned, though, Um, Just one game remaining, and that is over in 1A. And we'll try and get you a score. Uh, River Lakes, Fergus Falls, they just dropped the puck in that one. Haven't seen a score. Fergus Falls and River Lakes in that Section 6A championship game, the only spot in the state tournament to be determined. It is 429. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little MLB. Phil Miller is going to join us from the Star Tribune. Not a lot going on. The lockout continues. The news so far hasn't been good. As a matter of fact, MLB announced there will be no spring training games before March 5th. Doesn't seem like uh, the players are happy at all, but there is word they'll get together and talk next week. We'll get into that in more detail with Phil coming up here on a Sports Saturday. News Talk, E3O-WCCO. For those who are waiting for spring training to start, Pitchers and catchers and the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. The wait will continue, uh, at least in the short term. Hopefully the owners and players will get together soon and get this hammered out. Joining us to talk about the latest news there and the lack thereof, Phil Miller, who covers the Twins and the Major Leagues for the Star Tribune, joins us. Phil, I hope you're doing okay.
4: Uh just a little colder than I should be. Uh, Steve, right. it's uh, I I it, I should be in uh, Fort Myers right now uh, where it's uh, 60 degrees warmer than here.
2: Yeah, and
1: and you probably had accommodations booked and all set up and no reason to go if if the players aren't there and uh we'll we'll, we'll see.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. There's reason for uh, maybe there's reason for optimism. They are those two sides are going to meet according to Major League Baseball. They're going to meet every day this week in order to make some progress. Um, you know, I, I hope that's a reason for optimism, and I hope that we can take that at face value. I can tell you that there are players who believe that uh, it's uh, mostly. For PR, that it's a show, and that uh, they'll believe it when they see it. Um, I had a player point out to me that uh, this is exactly why they waited, that that now the pressure is on to settle, uh, and they ownership believes that the pressure will uh, be especially strong on the players who want to get to work, who want to get to Florida, who want to get to Arizona, and that even though – technically it's only the owners who lose money in spring training um, by not playing the games. Uh, The players don't get paid for spring training that uh, they think that there is uh, that they think that this is part of the negotiating game that, uh, and uh, they're trying to uh, see if the players will hold together. Um, I hope that that is just a pessimistic view. And I hope that uh, this is actual negotiating about to be done, but there, I I can understand. Uh, I can understand their reluctance to believe that.
1: Yeah, and what, what's so tough about all of this is we we've had a clear picture of what the economic issues are before the game, and then it has been a tough couple of years for Major League Baseball, and for that matter, every sport. They've all handled it differently. Uh, Major League Baseball had that sixty-game sprint in twenty twenty. They got back to normal in twenty twenty one. And they'd like to continue that going forward. But along the way the players and owners have lost a fair amount of money through COVID nineteen, just like everybody else. Every every business, every endeavor has been impacted negatively by it. But but you would have thought that there would have been a, a greater sense of urgency on both sides. I, I was frankly shocked that they weren't trying to do more earlier. In this process, even before the holidays in December, you know, get together, um, work it out, because the, the fans, and I, I've said this for a long, long time, and I, I would assume you would agree, Phil, um, the average folk, the average fan doesn't want to hear billionaires and, and millionaire ballplayers, and I know they're not all
4: millionaires,
1: but arguing over money, it, it just, it's never played well, it'll never play well.
4: Yeah. And as we've said before, what really needs to be discussed and what really needs to be negotiated is ways to improve the product on the field, to uh, try not to drive fans away through uh, long games and games that lack, uh, that that lack the action that they used to have, that uh, have evolved into uh, strikeouts, walks and home runs uh, and greatly reducing the amount of action for uh, fans to watch. You know, that, that kind of stuff needs to be uh, discussed and dealt with, and uh, maybe some changes made. And that's not what they're talking about. None of that is uh, what's going on right now. It's it's uh, the financial uh, picture. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm sympathetic to what the players are trying to do. They, uh, you know, the game has evolved off the field just the way it has on the field. Teams are using younger players. They're uh, they're not paying the big money for very many older players, certainly not the middle-class older players. uh, The players want to kind of change the structure of uh, how they're paid. Uh, I I honestly don't think many teams lost any money last year, even though attendance uh, was down all over the league. Uh, TV money makes up for a lot of that. But, uh, uh, yeah, it uh, it is a little distressing that, you know, the, when the owners when the owners declared the lockout on December second, the commissioner issued a statement saying that we hope that this lockout sparks debate and uh, and creates a solution. And you know, then they went then they went uh, six weeks without a negotiating session. So it, it's really hard to, uh, it, unless you think it's a strategy on their part, which I kind of do. It's really uh, hard to understand. Why they uh, just let the negotiations uh, go on for a month and a, uh, not go on for a month and a half, and put us in this uh, predicament where we are now?
1: Yeah, and the release that there won't be any spring training games played before March 5th. There, there's also another deadline looming, and that's set toward the end of the month. Ultimately, about um, you know the start of the regular season that that could quickly be put into jeopardy because the sense is there needs to be some uh, preseason camp or spring training, if you will, before a regular season would start. So we're rapidly coming up on the end of February.
4: Yeah, that is the real pressure, and that is, I think, the, the pressure that the owners intend to uh, put on the players. Uh, they announced that uh, if, uh, if there's no settlement by February 28th, they won't be able to start the season on time uh, on March 31st, that uh, you can't just uh, have a two week spring training uh, that you need to have more lead time than that. And so they want that deadline to bear down on the, on the player's side. They want, the, because uh, the players begin earning their salaries on opening day uh, and losing games actually is money out of their pocket. So we'll see. That's really what's looming over uh, this week. It's uh, It's a shame that the twins lost seven uh, uh, exhibition games that they would have played and, and their exhibition with the Gophers, but they play too many exhibition games anyway. I don't think anyone is going to uh, miss uh, a week worth of, uh, of grapefruit league uh, games, but the looming deadline, and and it's, it's really uh, only barely uh, more than a week away now to begin Um, delaying, canceling, postponing regular season games, um, that is what is going to hang over the negotiations this week and um, create pressure on both sides. But uh, clearly both sides hope the other side feels it more.
1: Yeah, and Phil Phil Miller joining us, by the way, from the Star Tribune covers the Twins Major League Baseball. A couple of thoughts beyond it players hoping that at this late date it puts pressure on the players because of the delay in the start of spring training and potentially the delay in the start of the regular season. But it's also quite clear that they're they're playing a game of chicken here, that nobody wins if the start of the season is delayed and and fans throw up their hands and aren't willing to step up and buy tickets or uh, don't take on season tickets or don't bother to watch on television, you mentioned how important television money is. I mean, all of those things, this this can start to become a disaster for everybody very quickly.
4: Yeah, that's clearly what is at work here, and that is clearly why they waited so long to negotiate. Because that puts leverage, and leverage is what drives negotiations. There are... Very few ballplayers, uh, or there are certainly many ballplayers who weren't even alive the last time there was work stoppage back in 1995, when, 1994 and 5, when the, the player strike costs uh, three months' worth of uh, baseball. Uh, so I, I think that they feel like the players uh, will come apart at the, at the notion that they're actually going to lose games, that they're going to lose money, that they won't hang together, that there will be pressure to settle for less to just uh, accept what the owners are offering uh, just to let's get going. Let's get out there. You can already feel players are anxious to get to camp. This is uh, this is very unusual. They should be, they should be working out today. Uh, the position players should be reporting on Monday. You know, it should all be uh, uh, going strong right now. And they feel like that pressure and the pressure of losing paychecks Which we're only a week away, like I say, from them starting to raise that specter, that's going to kind of tear the union apart. That uh, there has been so few, there have been no uh, games lost to labor issues for 25, 26 years now, that the players don't know how to react to them and will react badly to the thought. So you can see the strategy. uh, Yeah, and and whether or not it works, we're going to find out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I also say, though, the history of the Major League Baseball Players Association is where they do hang tough. Now, it's a completely new generation, as you pointed out. I get that. But there's there's got to be people advising them and saying that the Major League Baseball Players Association, you could argue, ushered the modern era of sports for all other sports, whatever it is. Well, what the Major League Baseball Players Association did once upon a time in the 60s and 70s set the stage for the balance between players and owners that we see across all sports.
4: Yeah, and it, it, their lack of, uh, you know, this generation, their lack of uh, yep. having that uh, going to war with the owners uh, probably makes them a little less likely to, uh, you know, to want to hang together. At least that's the owner's calculation. You know, the, the, the owners can say, look, uh, the last strike 26 years ago, that was about uh, trying to institute a salary cap. We're not even proposing that. We're proposing these rules that are uh, making everybody everybody wealthy, even though the uh, the cumulative salaries have gone uh, down in the last three years, uh, paid to players. So they'd like to continue uh, that trend and, uh, and players – uh, the union was strong, but they really haven't been tested. They uh, yeah. they have not had a difficult le- negotiation in the careers of any current player. So, you know, it's uh, the the players' association does have pride in sticking together and uh, and getting a lot of uh, uh, games and negotiations, but it's been a long time and. You know, we'll see if uh, if they still have that kind of solidarity. I will say all the public statements are certainly solid. Um, No reason to think that they will come apart, but they haven't been tested, so the owners are about to test them.
1: All right. Well, Phil, always good to visit with you. Hopefully, we get good news this week. We can get you down to Florida and uh, get the games underway. And with this winter we've been having, I think we all need it. I, I think turning our attention to the Grapefruit League in Fort Myers would be a very good thing for all of us.
4: Let's complain about pitching and not money. Right. How about? Yeah. I, would love, I would love that. All right, no Phil. kidding. All right,
1: Steve. Yeah, great to visit with you. Uh, Phil Miller joining us, covers the Twins and the Major Leagues for the Star Tribune online at StarTribune.com. Quick break. We'll come back. I'll have some more thoughts on that. There also is some potential fallout from all of the. Let's say they settle. What about the mad dash for the available free agents? Will that have an impact? As, you know, the old uh, cakewalk where you try and find an open chair. That could have a chilling effect on salaries. I'll I'll, I'll share with you what I'm thinking there. Here on News Talk. 830-WCCO. Oh, it's great to visit with Phil. Should be down in Florida now, and he's here. He's going to have to shovel snow Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Not a good thing. And that... That's where I'm frustrated. I think, as fans and fans around the major leagues, you love this time of year. Pitchers and catchers down there working out. You get a little video from the television stations. You get some audio here on the radio. There's some chatter about what the pitching rotation is going to look like. Chris Atterbury doing the hot stove show on Wednesday nights on the build up to the season. Then you get Corey and Danny calling spring training games here on the radio. That's what we want. And then ultimately the countdown to the regular season. And we know 2021 wasn't a good season for the home nine. It was a major disappointment. But, but there's always that hope that the club's going to be better. And there's always hope that they're going to bring in players and they're going to improve and they're going to contend. And they should, in reality, be able to contend in the American League Central. It's not a great division and they've got Byron Buxton in the fold. I think their everyday lineup is going to be pretty good, but they need pitching. And whenever the lockout is over, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine and the Minnesota Twins are going to need to go out and find pitching by trade or, or via free agency quickly. And all the other clubs in the major leagues are going to be in the same boat. And my thought is, and this is something that could be playing into the owner's strategy as well, there were some signings before the lockout, See Byron Buxton, a key signing for the Minnesota Twins. But now you're going to have this large pool of players, uh, veteran free agents looking for work. And if there is this mad dash to get to spring training in Arizona or Florida, and then this mad dash to start the regular season – you, you, you've you heard musical chairs or the old cakewalk scenario where you have 10 chairs and 11 people, you know, it, someone's going to be left out. And that is the worry in all of this is that there are going to be players that are going to come out of this situation and say, I need a job. And they're going to tell their agent, hey, we get an offer that's in the ballpark. I think that'll have a chilling effect on salaries and plays into a scenario for the owners that you're going to have a lot of guys looking for work and it's going to need to happen in a hurry instead of over the long progression of an offseason where teams are able to bid against each other and players and agents are able to sit around and take a wait-and-see approach. So that's going to make it very difficult. For a player like Michael Pineda, who throughout this entire offseason could have been waiting and seeing who comes to the table. Now, he said he wants to be with the Minnesota Twins, but the Twins didn't sign him before the lockout. So, for all these guys, as soon as this is over, there's going to be that mad scramble to not only sign players, but find jobs. But not a lot of time for bidding wars. And I think that will have, once again, a chilling effect on what these players get paid. And there has been a lot of pressure on, on older players and older free agents and taking salary cuts. It never used to be that way. So you can understand why the players want to potentially restructure the financial arrangements of the game. Because for the longest time in Major League Baseball, Up until the end of the reserve clause, it was heavily tilted in favor of the owners. And then maybe the pendulum swung a little too far. But I think finding an equitable financial situation uh, where, where the owners and players share in all those revenues in the game. And then, as Phil said, go about fixing some of the things on the field that ail the game. We'll see. We'll see if cooler heads prevail Going forward, we can only hope, and we'll certainly keep you up to date uh, here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO, as we move forward. Uh, Mike Max, Henry Lake, certainly at night with all our sports coverage and uh, during the day in our newsroom and all our hosts will continue to keep a very close eye on all of this. We're keeping a close eye on the weather, 19 degrees now, still windy Uh, temps are going to rise overnight we're going to go into the 40s tomorrow and then the snow moves in late sunday night snow monday monday night into tuesday could be a big snow event Uh, we'll continue to monitor that for you and then cold on the back side of that snowstorm wednesday thursday and friday we jump back into the 20s the way it looks next saturday we'll have all the news we'll have all the weather at five talk timberwolves with my good buddy kevin lynch from valley sports north